Hi, my name is Jamie, and welcome to the One World Your Story Project. We share stories from people all over the world and from all different walks of life. Because here's the thing, no matter where you are on this wild planet, and no matter what journey you have already been on, we all have our own unique story, which brings our own unique perspectives to the table. And you never know who you might inspire or completely transform simply by getting real and sharing your story. And right now, while the whole world is dealing with COVID-19, there are 7 billion people all venturing through on their own unique path. So drop in with us to hear some of these stories. And on that note, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of The Corona Diaries. All right, we are live. Okay, so um, Jamie here with another episode of The Corona Diaries. Um, today is Tuesday, June 30th. 2020 um here with hayden quinn oh i should know this but i'm like where are you live from um i'm i it's well actually it's funny how you say tuesday the 30th it's wednesday the first of july here so oh, i'm in sydney australia from the future i love <laughs> yeah. it <laughs> yeah, I'm coming from the future. Uh, sat in my little office right here in uh, in Manly, Sydney, Australia. Um, so yeah, it's a beautiful day outside. It's perfect. Okay, so you are in Sydney, Australia. Manly is what mm -hmm. it's called? Okay, but you're wearing a hoodie. Is it winter where you are? What's the it's weather winter, like? It's winter, yeah. So it's, uh, we're right in the middle of winter. It's probably 17 degrees Celsius. So that's like... 55, 60 out. Okay, I mean, I don't know if that's like hoodie weather, but... It's not cold. There's a chill. <laughs> yeah, it's a chill. It's, it's cold for Australians. I'm still wearing my thongs, so I don't have any shoes on. I just have flip-flops or whatever you want to call it. Actually, that's like my favorite to wear hoodie, shorts, and flip-flops is some of my favorite outfits. But mm -hmm. that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about <laughs> life during the coronavirus. Um, so before we get into all of that, what I know about you, Hayden, is that you are a chef. You are, um, I'm going to call you a TV personality. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and you also have a podcast as well. And you also are an entrepreneur um, owning a gym in the fitness world. And what else? What am I missing about you? What, fill in uh, some blanks <laughs> in the intro here. Uh, uh that's that's pretty much it i guess i'm not defined by those things but that's what i do um i also i love the ocean i've got a degree in marine biology um i spent a lot of time in the us uh, like you said we've met before and i know harry very very well from when we lifeguarded on long beach island new jersey in 2005 which is freaking 15 years ago which is absolutely wild um yeah, so yeah that was one basically how old you were when you met more or less yeah yeah exactly we we were super young and that was one of my first things that i did out of school was i i finished school took a gap year between school and university and went to the us and lifeguarded um it was pretty cool it was and and i've made lifelong friends since then so um it was an incredible opportunity but yeah, for me, it's it's a lot of TV stuff. Uh, I do the podcast, which has taken a little bit of a backward seat because we've been focusing on the TV show quite uh, heavily recently. And then I own a gym 
with two very good mates. And I also own a couple of other businesses um, with different people as well, but they're not as fun. <laughs> okay. But you're dabbling in a yeah. bunch of different worlds. Okay. I'm curious, how would you define yourself? Because I agree, like what we do doesn't necessarily define us, but you said it. How would you define yourself? I don't know. That's a, that's a hard question. I'm just a, I'm a very normal person. I, I like to do normal things. If, if I wasn't living this life, I'd still be lifeguarding. I'd be very happy on the beach, relaxed, chilled. And um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a, a normal Aussie guy that somehow managed to be able to do pretty extraordinary things with work and travel and life and stuff like that. So I feel very grateful and very fortunate to be able to do what I do every day. And um, yeah, sort of forging my own path, which is very nice. I love it. Um, and I don't know that much about your career necessarily, but my hunch from what you're saying and from what I've seen about you, because I've checked out some stuff, of course, <laughs> um, is people know you. It must feel like you can't necessarily walk around just like a normal guy sometimes. Um, but you are just a human like the rest of us, truly. Yeah, it's right? funny. It's funny. Like in my, in my local area, like in Manly here, I, you know, you sort of become, it becomes quite normal for people. But if I go certain places or different parts of Australia or Sydney or whatever, people are like, oh, there's such and such or, you know, hate it, la -di -da -di -da. so it's a bit, it's a bit different no matter, depending where you are. Um, but here in, in Manly, it's, it's, I'm sort of like a normal guy. So, and I'm around all the time. So people are like, eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's weird. I'm going to switch subjects just for a second and then we'll get right back to it. But as I mentioned to you before we started recording, on this podcast, we've been talking about racism in America mm. and the world, by the way, because this is not just an American issue, although there are things about it that certainly are more American than others. Um, but one of the things we're talking about is celebrities, mm. like Michael Jordan, for example, all of a sudden you become a celebrity and the color of your skin goes away in a way, like it mm. doesn't matter in the same way. And what I've been saying is, well, yeah, something happens when the celebrity status comes and the humanity disappears. Like you just don't get yeah. looked at as a person anymore. It's really bizarre. Why? I, I don't know. It's actually, it's funny you bring that up because yesterday um, my girlfriend came down and we went and grabbed lunch and we went, the beach is like 200 meters that way or not even hundred meters that way. So we went down to the beach Jealous. to go have lunch and it was a, it was a beautiful day. And we're walking along like the promenade. Manly is a very tourist driven area. There's people from all over, Australia, the world normally um, hang out here and come here to visit. But we were walking down. I was just going to our normal spot to sit and have lunch. And we're walking along and this old guy or this guy is like, like points in my face. And I'm like, whoa, he goes, Hayden, Hayden. I'm like, yeah, hey. And just like kept on work, walking. I'm like, you wouldn't do that to a normal person. You wouldn't just like, I wouldn't just be walking along and see you and be like, girl in the green crop top. And just point. It's like, and weird. he would never think <laughs> twice to do that to someone else. But for some reason, like, it, it's different. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. I said, I, I said to Jax, I was like, is that like, was that rude what he did? Or was that just like a, a reactionary thing? Or like, what, where did that come? She's like, I don't know. I don't know. But it, it, that sort of stuff happens a bit. And it's a bit like confronting. It's like, why are you pointing at me? Just chill. Like, say hello. I'll happily say hello. But I'm having my lunch. I'm with my girlfriend. I'm going to keep on walking. Just <laughs> wanting to live your life. 
like any other person. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if it's rude or what it is. The reality is it really has nothing to do with you. (laughs) Like in every way it does, but in so many ways it doesn't. Mm. Um, So anyway, okay. We'll go back on topics. Like I could open a huge can of worms and go down there, (laughs) but I won't. Okay. So you're in your studio in, in, is this in like your apartment, in your house? What's the actual no, physical is, space? This is like my, um, my office. So there's like a little desk there and then our other, my colleagues desk there. And it's quite funny. Um, you know, it's probably not too interesting for people that are listening that don't necessarily know Harry and my relationship, but when Harry and Kayla were out in Australia last year, they actually stayed in here on a little like, foam mattress um, because we didn't have any space in our apartment Um, so they crashed here and they like sleep here and then they come and hang out at our house and shower and eat and do all that sort of stuff and then crash here at night so um, it's a it's just a little workspace that we have here in Manly where um, we get done what we need to get done there's no like because I do a lot of food there's no kitchen or food or studio set up it's just purely like admin computer work Perfect. Okay. Which is important to have that space sometimes for. Yeah. You've got to get it out of the house. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, I love the tidbit about Harry and Kayla. That was when they were (laughs) doing that, living their nomadic life. By the way, anyone that is listening to this, Harry is the one behind the scenes who is actually putting the podcast up, editing some of the work and my business partner in all of this. And Harry and Hayden go way back as we talked about Mm. lifeguarding on Long Beach Island. So cool. Okay. Um, it's weird because you were the first person that I've talked to during Corona diaries that hasn't been in their house because everyone else (laughs) has pretty much like been in quarantine or like working from home. So now I'm like, whoa, that throws me off. Um, have, were you in quarantine at all? Uh, I don't know. I want to look out the window and like see how many people are outside. It's pretty like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's. It's different here in Australia. We, in the, at the end of March, April, May, end of, was it March? Yeah. Yeah, end of March, we went into, I would never say we were in lockdown and I would never say we were in quarantine. Like I was still able to work. I was still able to come to the office. We were still able to go exercise. We were able to go to the beach. Um, you could... Yeah, it was still like a functioning society with a number of restrictions put in place. But at no point was I told you have to stay home. Um, Like we were advised to stay home if you didn't need to go out for work or go out for food or exercise. Like we very much stayed home. But if I needed to go to work, I, I came to work. If I needed to go and exercise, I came and exercise. If I needed to get food, we went and got food. It wasn't like you can't leave. Um... And it sounds kind I, of like Sweden yeah. slightly in the way that they were handling it. I don't know if yeah, you know was, how they were handling it. Not, not really. I, I try to sort of, it's all a bit doom and gloom, some of this stuff. So I try to avoid a bit of it. But, you know, like Jax, for example, my girlfriend, she was very much like staying home because she, she didn't need to leave other than like if she was going groceries or doing exercise, which is, you know, people need to do that stuff. But she could work from home very easily, whereas I couldn't necessarily. Um, so yeah, uh, I was able to get out and, and do normal things. Um, well, as normal as you can at the time. It's really hard to describe because everyone's situation was quite different. Um, but yeah, at no point was it like government, like you have to 
stay in your house. You can't leave your house. Okay. Um, it was, it was like, if you weren't essential or your work was essential, was not essential or you, you know, trades people, guys that were building, they could still go to work. You know, you could still, you know, I needed to come here because I had my editing software and my big hard drive and things like that, that I can't take home. And, you know, so I needed to come to the office. Plus it's just me. I'm not sharing a space with anyone. Um, and then in saying that we then continued to be able to film our TV show, Taste of Australia with Hayden Quinn. So we recorded six episodes of a, you know, 30 minute ep TV show across four to six weeks throughout the middle of coronavirus um, within New South Wales. Okay, which is wild and I want to know all about yeah. that. Um, but we have to take a couple steps back first. And part okay. of the reason I was asking you about the quarantine and lockdown is because usually I'm like, okay, is this your house, your apartment? Who do you live with? What kinds of pets? Because everybody's in their home, but that's not yeah. really applying to you in this scenario. Sounds like you travel a lot in general. So, okay, yeah. before we get well, into where, any- where, like where we're at now, it's what first of July. Australia or New South, every state is a little bit different, but where we are now, we're completely free to go about work and life. Um, we just have to respect social distancing. Uh, there's restrictions on like uh, rooms and spaces. So this is a 22 square meter room and you're allowed one person per four square meters. So I could legally have five people in here. Um, so it's oh, all to do with spaces and sizes and like you're allowed to go to the beach. You can go like sit at a park, you can sit at a bench, you can go to a restaurant, you can go to a pub, you can go to a bar everything is pretty normal, except the size is restricted purely because of square meterage. Um, you know, but so yeah, first, Go ahead. Yeah, 1st of July, we're, we're pretty much back to normal with a lot of like small, weird things that we need to adhere to. Which is like what people want to do in the US and are doing, but we shouldn't be there right now at the time. Mm. So it's interesting. I was laughing because it sound, I was thinking like, you know, I don't know if this is a thing in school in Australia, but certainly here, and I imagine it's the same. Everyone's like, why are we learning math? Like, when are we going to have to use it? Well, <laughs> you got to know math to be able to calculate how many people can be in the room, how many <laughs> square meters. It's so funny. Um, exactly. But, you know, I, I feel like the Australian government has, we had a, a horrific 2020, you know, uh, our bushfires over the summer were worldwide news. Uh, tw you know, end of 2019 into 2020, that that was handled pretty well, but probably not as well as it could have been. And then we've come into the coronavirus and things have really just like excelled when it comes to leadership and people take, making the right decisions. There's been some tough calls that people have had to make and a lot of people have struggled through this, but the the government and the state governments have done an incredible job in like mitigating the spread and being able like letting us now be able to get back to sort of normal plus we've had a huge amount of economic stimulus um, which is absolutely incredible from a personal level for individuals to businesses um, it's been pretty amazing so I don't I, I know in the US you guys got like a one payment handout thing like 1500 bucks or something ridiculous we um we have what we call a job keeper or a job seeker, depending on how you're employed. Um, and if you have lost your job or 
you know, lost work, um, which is $1,500 a fortnight. And it basically continues until you are back to normal. So $1,500 um, a what, a what? Fortnight. So every, so seven fifty a week. Okay. I was like, what does that mean? Fortnite. Fortnite. Okay. Now, yeah. So like, yeah, every, every two weeks, um, people that are, are able get like, get $1,500 for the, for their life to live. And then from a business point of view, like, uh, there's different business grants, like you and tax exemptions and all sorts of stuff that have been put in place to enable people to continue to grow their business and, and sort of Where's ride that money strong. coming from. Uh, I guess they're just pulling it out of the budget and it's <laughs> going to, it's going to, yeah, it's, it's going to have to be paid back somehow, but it's well, that's what I don't, afloat. that's what I don't understand. It's like, that's amazing. It really is. Mm. Like, I love that people don't have to worry about basic needs being met. I am a big proponent. I mean, there's lots of talk about universal basic income. This was before Corona mm. or before coronavirus. But in a way, and it's kind of like what you're talking about, kind of. Um, but where does the money come from? And like, at what point do we just say like, fuck it to the regular way of uh, this paper mm. money do we really need that? Should we like rethink the way the economy works and global economy at that? Because how many countries are in debt? Oh, we're just going to go to the mint and print. The U.S. is in such crazy debt mm. and somehow we're doing this. Ba- I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So, okay. We got to go back in time, Hayden, before we go into these details. I okay. want to know, and, and you mentioned the fires because the, the timing of all of this is so interesting. Um, when do you remember first hearing about the coronavirus, COVID-19? Uh, pretty early on, I guess. Um, probably start of the 2020, around Christmas, I think. Um, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan podcasts, and he's always like got the finger on the pulse with a lot of things. And then also my girlfriend, Jax, her brother is uh, goes out with a girl from China who lives in the US. She's an American, no, she's not, well, she's a Chinese citizen, American resident, and her family's from China. So there's a lot of like firsthand information coming from her and her family. Um, so yeah, I heard about it very early, but I guess it's one of those things, the Australian, this, like, this is a good and bad thing. Australian way of life and the Australian like philosophy is like, nah, it should be right. Like, ah, it should be right. It's okay. It's like, it's over there. We're over here. Should be right, but it soon became apparent that things were not going to be all right, and um, yeah, I think that's why our government was quite swift to 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 act and quite swift to shut our borders, lock us down, and and keep people out. Um, well, how fast probably... how fast did that happen? And you're, I mean, you're so much closer to China mm. Um, mm. than we are. So, like, yeah, when did that happen? When did things get serious? Uh, I think it was in March. Is it March? Yeah, probably end of Feb, March, got pretty serious. There was one big incident, incident where we had a cruise ship come into Sydney and that had like some ridiculous number of cases on the boat and that spread on the boat and then they released them into the community without quarantine and that sort of fucked things up a little bit. Um, and that if we didn't have, like, again, like, I haven't said this, but I'm no expert. I'm just talking from what I know and what I've heard. But if we controlled that little that little pocket, uh, that community, then we probably would have been in even better position than when we are now because that was like 
one of the big like flare-ups of coronavirus came off that one cruise ship. Um, but yeah, that, that was sort of like where it got really real, where the, yeah, the cruise ship thing happened and people were like, oh God, this is pretty hectic. It's really crazy how one cruise ship, one meeting, like the meeting that happened in Boston in, in the States, you know, that one thing. Yeah. That's it. Explodes. It's crazy. But it's okay. Wild. So lock down the borders. And I know at least like, okay, you even mentioned it, like where you are, a lot of tourism, a lot of international yeah. travelers. Yeah. How did that impact Sydney? All of a sudden borders yeah. are closed, people aren't traveling. Yeah, it, it's, um, it was pretty evident pretty quickly. You know, like I said, Manly is very much a tourist town. If, if anyone's watching has been to Manly or lives in Australia or, you know, whatever, they know that Manly is somewhere you, you get into Sydney, you go to Bondi, you check out the Sydney Harbour Bridge, the Opera House, you get on the ferry and you take the ferry to Manly and you go to the beach, have fish and chips, pretty iconic sort of setup. Um, and yeah, the, where my office is here, just out my window, is like the main thoroughfare from the ferry to the beach and like constant stream. Like you can see when the ferry comes in because there'll be like this wave of people that just like walk down the Corso because the ferry holds like 900 people or something ridiculous like that. And in summer in particular, um, you just see them coming. Like every half an hour, there's like people coming, coming, coming. Um, and then when everything shut down, this is just like personal observation. Like the, the traffic outside basically died. The ferries slowed down. Everything sort of stopped basically. Um, and it was just locals out and about. There was no traffic on the roads. All sorts of stuff happened. But I think the biggest impact is obviously on, has been on, you know, all the small businesses that rely on those people to pick them up, keep them ticking along. Absolutely. The small, I say the small businesses, but like there are also industries like the cruise industry that, you know, you would think is kind of, I don't know if mm. I would think it was unshakable. I think like the younger generations maybe don't like it as much, but like <laughs> kind of getting destroyed. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, let's talk about your industry a little bit. If let's specifically, we can talk about film, right? Cause you were just yeah. wrapping up the season and I'm, I've been actually been wondering like, how are we going to get new shows? Like, how are people going to mm. film and like be together? You can buy my show and put it on TV in America. <laughs> <laughs> There's a good maybe, solution. <laughs> maybe we will, but, but like what happened? So, you know, you start hearing about it in January. Yep. She'll be all right. Shit. It's not all right. Not our all borders right. yeah, are closing. Right. Like it's only like, what was the conversation happening amongst the crew? And I mean, had you already started filming at that yeah, point? So it's, uh, at that point, I had been filming a very large um, TV show called MasterChef, which you guys have in the US. It's an international name. So basically, it's like a cooking competition. So we've been filming that show since- Ramsey, yeah? Yeah, Gordon Ramsay turned up on our series, which is pretty awesome. First episode. Um, he's an absolute legend. Um, I've spent a bit of time with him in the past, and he's an absolute cracker of a bloke. Um, very, very absolute calm. Absolute cracker of a bloke. I love yeah. the sayings. <laughs> I want these sayings. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's a legend. But, yeah, we've, we've been filming uh, MasterChef since the 6th of January, and... I filmed up until sort of the middle of March. Um, and that okay, was when I was so you were eliminated. filming another show already. Yeah, so yeah, so we were filming like a huge production. So there was like 
150 people on set saying so it's like was, this was there like ever a, a conversation of stopping it? yes so when when i left prior to me leaving it was a thing and there was like measures in place but then when i left it the government then ticked into place all these like regulations around spacing and size and number of people in rooms and all that sort of stuff so i never actually had to deal with the production when it was in like quarantine or lockdown or whatever you want to call it um but yeah so everything changed for them after that basically i went home which was amazing i actually went on holidays with my girlfriend and then while we were on holidays um just up the coast in a little caravan park which was amazing on the beach um that's when everything kicked into gear and for me uh, the biggest change this is sort of going away from film but it's sort of in chronological order um so we went into lockdown everything had to shut the biggest impact for me was we had to shut our gym that we own um so basically it, different industries were shut at different times like bars and restaurants were shut um you know weddings were shut funerals were shut gyms were shut all at different sort of times a bit of a staggered weird approach but we yeah, basically we had to shut the gym pretty much immediately. We foresaw the fact that this was going to happen and we quickly had to pivot to an online platform. Um, however, in saying that, you know, we lost uh, 80 members in three days and, you know, we've only got 200 members. So 80, 80 members is a lot, a big chunk of our, you know, our revenue and our income. But of course, well, going back to math again, yeah, <laughs> it's go, almost, to almost half. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So how long um, was it? It's the cube, right? The cube gym. Yeah. Yeah. How long had it been open for? Uh, this is our sixth year. Yeah. Okay. So established. So, yeah. So it, it's, it was kind of tough because we, you know, they say if you can get through like the first five years of small business, then you're sort of going to stick around. So we've just Fuck. like, we like slowly been like getting there. We got to six years and we, we just, recently employed like someone that came on as full-time like a business manager role you know really starting to develop our community was feeling really strong we we're feeling really good we're starting to generate much more revenue and we can actually start putting some money away to think about opportunities in the future you know all that sort of exciting stuff was happening and it was just like like immediately you know loss of membership we couldn't obviously charge our members the same amount of money that they were paying because they weren't getting the service that we would normally provide but and like, obviously people had to cancel like non-essential expenses because they lost their jobs. You know, if you've got a family, a mortgage and all these things, you're not going to pay to go to the gym when, you know, you can't go to the gym or pay to do some online thing. You just cut it. And we completely get that. But our priority was one to keep our staff employed, keep money ticking over for them and provide some sort of connection service health and fitness thing for our members. And we really quickly pivoted to an online platform. And yeah, we, we bought four tons of kettlebells. So $16,000 worth of kettlebells and we gave them all to our members. So we thought we, we wanted to invest in our members and our community and said, if you stick with us, we're gonna give you these kettlebells and we'll provide an online platform and you'll pay $35 a week. And yeah, about, yeah, over 50%, uh, I think it was 130 people in the end were members on that $35 a week membership with their kettlebells and their videos. And basically that kept staff employed, rent paid and the business alive. Um, 
and that was that's what got us through and now we've been open for about two weeks now and we're sort of back to normal which is amazing Wow, Hayden. I mean, you said yeah. at the beginning of this, um, at some point, you're like, you know, I'm just a normal guy who got really lucky with all the things he's able to do in his life and these business opportunities. Fuck that. You made it happen. <laughs> I can tell. Like, clearly. I mean, you figured, I mean, I've heard, I'm, an, I'm a yoga, yogi, I should say. Um, <laughs> and definitely like have taken a shit ton of Zoom yoga classes. <laughs> yeah. and like yeah. know about my aunt she does pilates she's doing pilates classes you know you're like a month long challenge whatever never heard of a gym sending them like if my yoga studio was like oh you're practicing at home now here's a mat here's a block here's a blanket here's a strap here's a bolster mm. what mm. a difference that would have made in how i felt like they cared about me as a mm. member and how I mm. cared about them as my gym, you know, yeah, well, that's, like. That's what we wanted to, we wanted to do. We wanted to show that we're willing to invest in our members and our community and it's in brilliant. the hopes that, yeah, they will like respect it, um, stick around, stay with us. And then obviously keep fit and healthy because one of the big things we wanted to make sure is people's, you know, physical health is so closely linked to your mental health, as you would, as you would know Huge, so clearly. Yep. And particularly when you're, you know, you're locked up, you're not doing the same routine, you're not going out and socialising, you're stuck at home with the same people. We wanted to give that opportunity for people to relax. So, yeah, we had kettlebell workouts, we had meditation, we had yoga, uh, we had Pilates, all sorts of different things on our app that we built very quickly. <laughs> and... Yeah, it was, it was great. And it's, you know, it's a platform and I feel like there's so many businesses out there that have been able to do this pivot and think differently about how they go about their business that will hopefully continue on into the future because, you know, it's another avenue for revenue and opportunity and say a member goes, oh, I'm going to go away for a month. I'm going to cancel my membership. It's like, well, why don't you just keep your membership and pay X a week and you get the videos and this. It's like Preach. another selling point. Yeah, we got people over in... The, um, in the US, we got people in Ireland, we got people in Scotland that are doing the program. It's it's really cool. It's really cool. And there's a part of, I mean, I'm sure like, uh, there's definitely some people like, why didn't we think of this before? Like, mm. why did it have to take this? To be able yeah. to have a global membership, is unfathomable when you're only having a brick and mortar location. Exactly, um, yeah. And yeah, what will the future look like? I was going to say, are you planning on keeping this online thing? But I feel like you already answered the question. But yeah, yeah. No, definitely. We're, we're, we're definitely keen to keep it. It's, obvious, the, it's, a, it's a big expense to pay for the platform. It's, I think it's like 400 bucks a month or something like that. US, which is like when we're talking Australian to US dollars, again, you need to pull out the maths. Uh, it's a lot of money. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we want to keep it. But again, like... Now, 1st of July here in Australia, we're able to, because our space is quite large, we're 900 square metres or thereabouts. So it's a massive gym. Um, we're allowed to have one person per four square metres. So we can have upward of 200 and something people in the gym, um, which we never would have anyway. Like that's not the style of gym we are. We don't pack it out. Uh, and then we have to have uh, only 20 people per class. So our, our gyms purely run on classes and group exercises. 
Um, so 20 people per class, everyone needs their, well, this is a rule that we've instated. Everyone has their own equipment for the whole session. It gets wiped and cleaned and all that sort of stuff. And then everyone's got their like one and a half square meter area that they train in. So it's all very safe and sanitary and all that sort of stuff. No showers, no water fountains, all that sort of stuff is gone. But um, yeah, I think people are really into it and our, our, everyone's been flooding in because they just want to train. And there's only so much online Zooming yoga and workouts you can do before you're like, ah, I just can't do it anymore. Well, I mean, it's, I was going to ask, like, are people actually showing up? Because, I mean, the best word, I don't know if it's the best. I would just say, and it's really two words that make one, is like the, my word of 2020. I mean, this is just such a mind fuck, all of it. Because, <laughs> like, people here want to go out too same kind of thing like done with the screen time mm. but then at the same time and I, this is clearly not happening in australia um not really anywhere else in the world like it is in the us while things are opening up more the numbers are going up more and not in every state mm. but in a lot of states so like uh, my yoga teacher yesterday someone was asking him on the online class like how was the in-person class this weekend i mean literally two people came which is actually great because then you don't have to worry really. Yeah, yeah. But then it's like, what's the point of opening and still paying for the brick and more? I mean, it's just, mm. I don't know, but people are showing up at your yeah. gym. It sounds like people are oh, yeah, really living normally. So our first, our first weekend was a, a Saturday, our first day open and we ran four 20 people classes in one morning. So we had 80 people through the gym basically from the from 6 a.m. till sort of 11:30 in the morning we had like classes rolling through and yeah we had 80 people coming through full classes you said classes up to 20 amazing. yeah have... yeah it's been Hell it's yeah. been pretty cool and and we you know we run like nearly 60 classes a week there's like a huge number of classes a day so people spread out there's heaps of options a lot of people are still working at home so they can come at like 9.30 or they can come at one o'clock or they come at 3.30. They don't right. need to be like jammed into like the 6 a.m. or the, you know, 6.30 uh, p.m. sort of class slots. So, yeah, and everyone's really respectful. Everyone understands that we've got to all play the game. We actually had the health inspector came yesterday to the gym and just gave us like big ticks all along. We're doing everything we need to do. Everything's kosher. So Beautiful. Yeah, we're really happy. Yeah, really, really happy. It's As just, you should be. I'm happy for yeah. you. I love Thank it. You. I love it. We, Way to like, I, um, yeah, well, oh, we keep, you go, you go. No, I was just going to say we're, we're really fortunate that the community has been so supportive of obviously what we're doing as a gym, but I think this whole pandemic in general, the Australian people have sort of really got it and they're paying attention. Like, in, in saying that, we, like, we don't have to wear masks. There has never been a stage where you have to wear a mask outside, any of that sort of stuff. Um, but people have just been respectful and understanding that if we do this, we sort of got to do it together. And um, it's proven that we, yeah, we've, we've worked through it, which, well, fingers crossed. There's been a little bit of an explosion the last couple of days in Victoria. Um, so they've shut that state down. But um, it's like, you know, it's nothing compared to what you see on a, a global scale or over in the US. Well, I feel like that's part of, uh, like I was mentioning Sweden earlier. And that's yeah. part of what I've heard is that 
they didn't have to say absolutely like no going out or enacting these like very strict rules because it was like the whole community got it. Like I got to do my part. You do your part. We're all in this together. There's little guidelines. Follow them and we'll be good. I don't know why it's so hard for people to just do that because it's a man. Fuck you. It's freedom. I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. You got too many rights over there in America. Oh my gosh. It's a whole other story. Hayden. Okay. Um, So, uh, okay. Just for sake of time. Um, let's go back to the filming. Um, yeah. TV. Yeah. And by the way, the last thing I'll say about the gym, um, because you are really beautiful, like a very humble person is genuine. I can feel that from you. Um, I think that it's cool that you said, oh, it's nice how the community's responded, but it's cool how you showed up for the community. Like I said, I've never heard of a gym sending all of their uh, members, I was going to say employees, members, their own <laughs> equipment, especially at a time when you're financially strapped. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. So Yeah, we had to make it, that, that was a big investment. It was like, like I said, $16,000 worth of gear. It's like when we're about to go into a time where there's potentially no income, but um, <clears throat> it but was definitely it worth it. Up. Yeah, and now we've got so many kettlebells in the gym. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone gets a kettlebell. (laughs) Like Oprah for the gym. Yeah, like Oprah, you have a kettlebell, yeah. (laughs) I love it. No, thank you. Appreciate that. No, thank you. Um, Okay, yeah. So MasterChef was starting to get weird right as you got out, which... Yeah, I got out, which was good. And then I got into like gym mode and then gym mode sort of cleared up and then we went into filming Taste of Australia with Hayden Quinn, which is um, my TV show, uh, which I sort of uh, executive produce and co-create with the team at Boomtown Pictures, which is um, sort of our co-production arm. And yeah, we were very, very fortunate to be able to get a number of exemptions um, to be able to travel and work within the state of New South Wales, which is a large area, a very, very large area. Australia is a very big place. <laughs> it's like huge. Um, so being able to just work within New South Wales, we, we got uh, some incredible funding from Destination New South Wales, which is the, I guess, the government tourism body that represents tourism within New South Wales. Plus Tourism Australia came on board and were like, we love the show. We want to get behind it. We can see the value in what you're doing and the ability for you to create content at this time that will then seed out. Uh, first episode goes to 25th of July and basically get people excited about traveling locally and traveling regionally and supporting local business. Um, and that's basically, we couldn't have got the timing any better uh, with coming out of lockdown, people being able to travel and now seeing the show and going, oh my God, I want to go to Glen Innes or I want to go to south coast or i want to go north coast or you know promoting these local businesses and to be able to do that we obviously had to follow a number of very strict guidelines around spacing social distancing um you know keeping separate there was no like handshaking there's no hugging like you know on tv it's like normally you turn up oh hey how's it going you know pleased to meet you thank you welcome to my farm or welcome to the amazing tourist attraction you know, as someone that I, like, I do a lot of the stuff, there's people I know and there's like hugs and it's like shows genuine connection, but it sort of was a bit like, hey, <laughs> how's it going? Which is a little bit weird for TV because you want that, like you want it to look like chemistry and connection on the screen. But, you know, everyone was really respectful and we, we did a lot of research and a lot of planning. And if we called up, you know, 
the, the, a beef farm and we're like, hey, we're coming, you know, it's Taste of Australia. This is what we do. You probably saw last season. We want to come. And if they were like, oh, city guys, coronavirus, oh, we're a bit... As soon as there was any sort of trepidation, any worry, any like, eh, we were like, it's okay, we're not coming. Like basically we shut it down and we would only go and visit and see people that were really happy for us to be there, really excited to have us and really comfortable with, you know, there's only six of us. So a very small crew, six people from the city to come and be in their space, whether it be their home, their farm, their workplace, whatever it is. And um, yeah, everyone was really excited. And I think it was because they knew that the opportunity for promotion and the fact that we weren't gonna come out of this at one point, they, they saw the value in, in putting their brand out there and getting excited about people traveling again and visiting and supporting local business. So yeah, we were, we were going for it. Okay, this is so cool. Cause I was gonna ask like, how the hell did you get an exemption like why were you essential mm. but i mean when you think about it from the perspective of commerce mm. and really that like you were going to stimulate the economy and it's so smart to think of it in that way because there's so many articles coming out about like staycations and i'm in colorado so it's like oh here's what you can do in these small mountain towns which have always existed but yeah. like that you wouldn't think of necessarily in the same mm. way. Mm. And it's so true travel because people are still going to want to get out and travel, 100%. but we 100%. have to do it locally. So what a yeah. cool way. Yeah. Wow. Did that work out for you? The timing, the timing yeah, of timing all of this, perfect. Hayden, what, the we, universe we, has you your know, back. The universe has our back. And as well, the, the team at tourism Australia and the team at destination New South Wales, they, they were really at the forefront and on the front foot around okay, the time is now, we need to create this content now that's going to come out at the time people are going to be traveling. And it's like, it's a big risk for them because obviously money is very tight. It's a weird time with cash flow and all sorts of stuff. But they foresaw the future and they backed us. And I'm so grateful for them getting behind us and allowing not only, you know, there's six of us. Yeah, that's great. But that means there's six people with a job. You know, I was able to employ six people and you know they all got work they all have families they all have mortgages and it was like four to six weeks of solid paid work which is well and you also huge. might be giving those restaurants work mm. and business mm. that you went to and that moment that you were there filming you give them a sense of like well it's definitely not normal life to be filming probably at the <laughs> restaurant in general but like you know what yeah. i mean like a sense of like we're still doing this pride of the rest mm. i mean there's a lot yeah. of value and what you did that cannot 100%. be measured. Um, yeah. How cool. No. And I love that, like, I think, I mean, this, I'm assuming here, but we'll see what happens come July 1st and July 25th when this comes out. But the people that you chose or that chose you by saying, yeah, you can come, will also be the same restaurants that are welcoming more to the public, have done their shit, mm. and, like, people mm. will know. Because those same people that were nervous are probably going to be nervous about opening, and that yeah. shines through. You know? Mm, yeah, no, hundred percent. And you know, we're not, we're not far off, you know, there's people going on holidays and booking trips and jumping in their car already. You know, we had a long weekend here in Australia. Another thing, this great country is so good for, we have many, many long weekends and public holidays. <laughs> um, yeah. So people are, people are willing to get out and, and start spending their money because prior to coronavirus, the, the theme and the excitement for Australians as a whole was, 
to get out and travel regionally. And that was off the back of those crazy bushfires we had because so many uh-huh. communities were devastated from the bushfires and impacted by that, that people were already wanting to go out and like, you know, travel to regional communities, travel to communities that have been affected by bushfires and support that local totally. sort of vibe. And you so, already had this community supporting vibe, mm, like. Yeah. Whoa. And, you know, we, we, we've got the best country in the world, you know. I, I've got no problem saying that, you know. Not we, that you you're biased or anything. Everything. You can have everything here in Australia. We got white sand beaches. We got coral reefs. We got rainforests. We got deserts. We got mountains. We got snow. We got everything you can ever imagine. Okay, fine. I'm coming. Mm-hmm. Fine. The mountains aren't like what you're probably like looking out your window at. but uh, maybe No, there's no hills. mountains out my window. I wish there were. I'm in the city. Um, <laughs> okay. No, I, I've never met one person. The only complaint about Australia, the only complaint is that it's expensive. But like hell, I mean, if that's the worst thing, come on. It's not too bad when your exchange rate's like, you know, 50 cents to the dollar is pretty good. When I go to, when I go to America, if I take a, you know, a hundred bucks, I've only got like hundred Australian dollars. I've got like, you know, 70 US dollars or something ridiculous. I know, I know what you mean. Automatically gone. But I also, I also feel like um, with the coronavirus thing and, and there's a bit of research coming out about this is the fact that Australians as a whole and, and sort of in general live a very outdoor lifestyle. For sure. And coronavirus hit our country sort of, you know, February, March, April, even still today in the middle of July, I was outside in the sun with my shirt off. You know, it was hot in the sun. It wasn't, I still wear a hoodie, but I can take my... If I'm out of the wind and I'm in the sun, it's beautiful. There's people swimming, there's surfing, all this sort of stuff. And there's there's a bit of research coming out that the virus is really heavily affected by UV light and sunshine, whether it be natural or artificial. So it, it, it's sort of, I wonder if the fact that we do live quite an outdoorsy, healthy lifestyle, it sort of is like that. I don't know, I know Colorado is a very outdoor, rugged, sort of state where people are doing outdoor activities and all sorts of stuff. I wonder if like states that are more active and outdoorsy are less impacted than say New York City, which is very much piled on top of each other, living in a rabbit warren, you know, less light, more work. I don't know. I I don't know either. Now you say that I'm thinking Mm. about it because then I'm also thinking about like, like I, one of my best friends is in Playa del Carmen in Mexico. Like they're outside all the, but it's not active in the same way that you're talking about, like truly outside all of the time. Um, Mm. Not just like, hey, I don't know. That's going to be interesting to think about. I was also thinking, I wonder what's going to happen now that you've switched where we were in winter and now it's summer. Think about what, what yeah. does the weather make an impact? I don't know. It's just going to be yeah. so interesting. Like you said, there's a spike in Victoria. I don't know why we're going yeah. Well, they, that, that, that they're, they're trying to pinpoint it, but I think it had, there was some link to um, people coming off the back of Ramadan and Ramadan and Eid. So the religious holidays, when churches reopened, there was a lot of like congregations and, and people coming together in smaller spaces. And I think there was a little bit of contact between different communities in that way. So I think they're just going to try and go back and stick to that four square meter like <laughs> rule. But um, I don't know. We're again, we're just so fortunate. And even right here where we are, where where I am in Manly, that was one of the hot spots in Australia for coronavirus. And 
I think again, because it is, uh, I don't know, a higher denser population or whatever it was, but yeah, we were tourism, tourism, there's people coming and going. There's a lot of movement, a lot of back and forward to the city, but you know, during the height of it, I was like hand sanitizing, hand washing, Prior to coronavirus, I'd be like, oh, you don't need to wash your hands. Like, obviously, when I'm cooking and doing things like that, always washing my hands. But like any other time, I'm like, oh, don't wash your hands. You're just good for you. You need the bath. Me too. I'm all about like, <laughs> and now I'm like oh my God. God. Made dirt, dirt, don't hurt, all that <laughs> yeah. shit. Which like, okay, makes me, there's this whole other theory about how like we're going to screw ourselves because now we're all like. Freaking out don't have any bacteria or anything because we've been sanitizing too much. Like there's something to be said about building up your own antibodies. So yeah. Okay. I got to ask you a couple questions. I ask everyone, which is hard because I'm like, Oh, there's so much that we could talk about. Um, (laughs) but I want to respect your time. So, and you're kind of like getting out of this basically back to normal in Australia, but clearly it's still there. So we're not out of it. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everybody else. If you could predict the future, Hayden, when are we getting out of this? And I oh, mean, be like the world. Never. It's always going to be here. It's like, it's like, yeah, I don't think we're, I don't think coronavirus is ever going to go anywhere. And even if we get a vaccine, it's not going to be a one you know, jab cure. It's not, you're not going to give everyone the vaccine. For starters, not everyone's going to fucking take it. And, you know, secondly, these things mutate and change all the time. So I think we're just going to have to live with it. This is the new normal. We're going to have to understand that this exists and we're just going to have to continue on with life. And I feel like you see that sentiment quite a bit in the US, but I also feel like you guys are a fair way behind us. Whereas now in Australia, people are like, okay, it's here, it's happening. We need to get back to business. We need to get the economy going. We need to pay the bills. We need to get the family fed. We need to pay the mortgage. I got to go back to work. We got to open the doors. And if someone gets coronavirus, we're ready. We're like, the hospitals are stocked. The ventilators have been made. The beds are ready. Like everything's ready to go. And if you get it, it's just going to be a part of life. And the, I think the key is be as healthy as you possibly can, eat as well as you can, keep your vitamins up, stay outside, get some sun, live a healthy life. And then hopefully if it is contracted, whether it be, you know, you get the cold or there's so many things you can catch, you're ready to fight it off and you've got the strongest and best body to do that. Um, I think that's going to have to be the, what happens going forward. Unfortunately, I don't disagree, um, <laughs> especially because it's already mutated and like the flu, the, I've never taken the flu vaccine and I have I took got, it this year. You I did? I took it this year. Whoa, yeah, I did. wild. Interesting. I mean, uh, I've gotten the flu once. It was like five years ago, knock on wood. And I mean, it sucked. Um, yeah. It sucked. <laughs> like, um, I hope I don't, you know, have an interaction with the, the coronavirus, but I mean, there is something to be said about Darwinism and herd immunity. And I mean, mm. yeah, we can't live like this forever. We do have to get out and live our normal lives. And the thing that like is the mind fuck for me about like, oh, just be as healthy as possible so you can fight it off. Like sometimes those like us younger people that are healthier, like we're not dying, but like having effects like 90 days later, you know, like mm, long last. Mm. So it's just like, there's so many unknowns that are weird, but yeah, I don't know if we're ever really getting out of it. Someone said it also yeah. really beautifully, like 
maybe we'll get out of the virus, like learn how to deal with it. Like you're saying, have the hospitals prepared, which uh, for the most part, many of them are now, but mentally never, ever getting out of this. I mean, the person that you were on January 1st, 2020, there's no way that that's the same person that you are today. Nah. Well, even one of the funny things I always say, me and my girlfriend, you know, you sit down, you're watching Netflix, you're watching normal TV and you see people like hugging and kissing and like touching and you're like, whoa, that's weird. Like, why are people doing that? It's like, it was so normal for so long Which and then it was so up. weird. Yeah. I don't but, ever want that to not be normal, but. Uh. I know it's, um, it's wild, but I think, I think we just need to do as, as best we can and try and stay as healthy as we can. And my, my biggest worry is, you know, a lot of like international travel. I love traveling. I travel a I lot know. for work. Plus Jack's she's an American citizen. She's an Australian resident. So she wants to go back and see her family. But she also doesn't want to go Sydney, LA, LA, New York, New York, Nantucket. And like all those touch points, she's got older relatives, she's got her family, business. Like she doesn't want to like, there's so many spots you can connect with along that route. You know, it's like 72 hours to get to Nantucket from Sydney or something ridiculous. And yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. Um, I'm just trying to say, just get your parents to come out here when they can. It's much nicer. It's much more. <laughs> well, it's weird. It's it's it is scary, and I don't even think it's just scary because of all the touch points and like, not only like I would think also the more of the worry is not her necessarily getting it, but somehow having it and giving it to like her parents or something like exactly. that that she's visiting. Yeah. But yeah. like, will she be able to leave the U.S. when she goes there? Because I've been hearing things mm. like, for example, the EU is trying to figure out which countries they're going to let come in for traveling. Yeah. And they're yeah. very much considering not having the U.S. be one of them. Yeah. So like. Yeah, yeah it's hard. Well, she, Jax is very lucky. She just received her permanent residency. So that means she can come and go from the country whenever she wants, which is amazing. But yeah, 100%. Oh, if because was, she'll like almost be viewed as a citizen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, exactly. okay, okay. So she, yeah, that's lucky like, as hell. You know how I was talking about the $1,500 a fortnight payment? Yeah, Jax, yeah, yeah. She's not a citizen. She's a permanent resident, yes, but she's but she still gets fifteen hundred bucks a fortnight because she's out of work at the moment, which is pretty damn good. I don't reckon if I was in the U.S. and I wasn't a citizen, I'd be getting any handouts from the government. <laughs> not a dime. Not a fucking dime. God, it's oh, classic. But then even we're talking about like moving forward in the future. You know, Jax's uncle lives in New York. He didn't leave his apartment for like months. But then he went and got tested so he could go back to work and he had the antibodies. He'd had coronavirus and he didn't even know, you know, it's like, and then his wife who lives with him didn't have coronavirus and they lived together in a tiny loft apartment. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, Hayden. So like we we might, we might already have it. I know. We might've had it. Who knows? I I know. There is just, and, and there's some people that test for the antibodies and then they have positive symptoms. Like Mm. none of it makes sense. So yeah. God will just live your life, I think. Which, stay healthy, stay smart. And live, yeah. travel, eat local foods, watch the taste of Australia. Yeah, okay. that's it. <laughs> Wait, hang on, we got a couple more and then we're wrapping up. So, okay, we're never getting out of it, which makes this next question weird. But because usually it's like, okay, when we do look back on this, but okay, let's say in like two, three years when we're reflecting back on these times, because we'll still be in it maybe somehow. Um, 
who are we all going to look at as the country that handled it the best? Who's the golden child and who's the golden fuck up on the other side? Uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, us Australians can be pretty proud of how we handled it. I feel like New Zealand is very I much- I bet the, money that that's what you were going to say. Yeah, <laughs> New Zealand is a shining star, but you know, they're, they're an outlier because they're so small, their population is tiny. Um, they're completely isolated from the rest of the world. They can shut things down really quickly. Um, and I think they have a very respectful population like Australia. Um, and it's also very much a, you know, New Zealand lives an outdoor life just like Australia does. Um, so New Zealand is definitely the shining star. I think Australia's come in pretty uh, close second. And then some of those um, Scandinavian countries seem to have done or had a different approach to other countries and done quite well. And then you look at countries like China as well. They they've fucking nailed it too. Like that's where it all started and it exploded. And now it's like back to business as normal. Yep. Mm. Yep. The way, I don't know if you know this, but they rolled out an education system for the entire country in one day and it didn't crash. I mean, I forget how many students I had interviewed a teacher over there. I couldn't believe it. China has done a great job as much as we like to paint it out. Like they didn't over here. Um, mm. I'm with you and New Zealand. Okay. Flip side. Uh, flip side, obviously the US is going to be in a bit of trouble. And then, you know, basically the whole of the America's continents, you know, South America, North America seems to be a struggle. I think that the difference between some of the South American, Central American countries to you guys is the fact that you're a first world country, whereas a lot of those countries down South are, you know, potentially in that third world category. And, you know, there's completely different living conditions and, and opportunities and all that sort of stuff, which you've got to take into effect. But then you look at North America, which is meant to be the shining light of the world, um, still struggling. But I think I like, and this is not to sound rude to That's America, putting but I think it lightly. I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that you guys feel you have too many rights and you don't want to listen to your government. It's like, oh, I, I can go to work. I'm like, why can you stop me? It's like, fucking just stay inside for like six weeks, shut it down and you'll be fucking sweet, I promise. And that's what they pretty much did here. Like everyone just listened. It's infuriating. <laughs> it's infuriating. And it's really hard. I mean, you talk about Australia being big. The US is a massive fucking country. Massive. Mm. And we and think it's people, like, like people everywhere. It's like in Australia, we're big, but there's like people here and there's a few people here and there's a couple of little people here and a few there. No, there's and then there's nothing else. <laughs> people everywhere. And there's people of widely varying backgrounds, beliefs, experiences. Mm. I mean, if you look at a political overlay of the 2016 election results with where the coronavirus is right now, the hotspots, I mean... You can assume what I'm implying here. So it's challenging because you've got states that are crushing it. Like the whole Northeast is good. Like they're going down and they should be reopening. But how can they do that when we have people going all over the country that are in mm. states like Texas and California right now that are going nuts? I mean, mm. it's going to be wild. So anyway, yeah. okay. Um, the last thing that I like to end this on always, um, and by the way, out of everybody that I've interviewed for this, which by this point, let's say is around 100 people specifically for the Corona Diaries, there's only been one person other, you kind of alluded to it, um, that has said another country other than the US is the fuck up, which is Brazil. Because um, mm, like, yeah, Brazil's horrendous. I mean, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, um, okay, to end on a positive note, 
the 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 truth is I, I in darkness is when light shines the absolute brightest when tragedy happens the human spirit shines and not just the human spirit you know the planet has shun, shown past tense of shine shown through this <laughs> all as well um and i say all that to know is like as much hardship death tragedy hard times with business all of this there have been some really good things that have come out of this mm. and that will continue to come out of this so i'd love to know from your perspective hayden what good have you already seen from australia new zealand mm. other countries the planet mm. your friends family mm. um mm. business what good have you seen and what good do you think is going to happen I, on a on a small scale a very light, local mo- micro family scale when we first went into our lockdown um you know, gyms were closed, this was closed. You weren't allowed to, you know, mingle with other family groups and you couldn't, you know, do this and do that. So one thing I noticed and saw, you saw families going out for a bike ride with like mom and dad and three kids, you know, families going out for a walk and like just in their family unit because you weren't allowed to go and see, like my family couldn't go and hang out with your family, couldn't have a play date. It was just like you had to be with your family and that was your unit. So it was really lovely to see families coming together, spending time, going for bike rides, having picnics, walking down the beach, you know, all these little things that, you know, have been distracted by, you know, it sounds really weird, but work, you know, people working from home now, they can spend the morning with the kids. They can get them ready for school. They can be there when they have to pick them up from class at the end of the day. You know, you can have time to prepare a a much more beneficial, healthy, nourishing meal by having, instead of commuting for an hour every day, you've got an extra two hours, one hour in the morning, one hour in the afternoon to cook a meal, spend time with the family, sit down, converse, you know, hang out. Um, And I felt like that was a a really, really cool thing that I saw, you know, from the outside, you know, just looking at other families and the way they worked and, and seeing people online, like, Oh, I want to cook this, or I'm trying to cook that. Or, you know, from a food perspective, people sitting down, sharing a meal, they couldn't go out to dinner. Takeout was a bit weird for a while there. People were a little worried. They could still get fresh food. We always had so much amazing fresh produce here in Australia. So yeah, that was for me the, I guess one of the benefits and hopefully that's something that sort of lays over into the future. You know, we continue that family connection. Yeah. It's like kind of getting back to the basics of being human, the things that like should have always been there that somehow we forgot because of the craziness of life that I'm with you. I hope that that stuff sticks. (laughs) Um, And okay. I have to, I'm sorry. I thought that was going to be my last question, but it can't be because you just reminded me. What's been the coolest thing you've cooked during quarantine? If you've had time to cook, what's been your favorite Um, thing? The coolest thing I've cooked during quarantine, gosh. Or or like a favorite Um, new recipe you've come up with? I don't know. I think, well, we were were fortunate. When we were out on the road, we... I do a lot of cooking like outdoors. So I cook over like campfires and, you know, different incredible setups. And one of my favorite cooks was the very first cook we did for the first episode of season two of taste of australia this beautiful creek behind us slowly bubbling along there was a platypus in there one of the guys saw it it was really amazing we had this beautiful fire incredible beef and yeah just it was freezing cold had a beanie on my big like oil skin jacket and that was just a really special moment because one we didn't think we'd be doing what we're doing two I was doing it with some of my best friends and three, it was just a beautiful, amazing location. The sun was setting and the food tasted incredible. And I was sharing it with 
you know, new friends, which is pretty special. Fuck yes. Everything about that sounds brilliant, especially the platypus. Yes. They're little platypus, <laughs> yeah. Like among mm-hmm. everything else, I don't know why in my head they don't feel like real animals. <laughs> they but. don't look like real animals. <laughs> that is so cool. It's pretty wild how the set and setting really can make a meal. The food, obviously. 100%. But the yeah. people that you're with and the environment you're in, mm-hmm. it adds everything. So I love yeah. that. Um, I can't wait to check out Taste of Australia season two. Um, Okay, that's really all I had for you. It's been so amazing chatting. I'd want to give you an opportunity, Hayden. Is there anything else that you want to say on the record as of June 30th slash July 1st, 2020, (laughs) um, of your experience living through the coronavirus? No, I think, uh, well, firstly, thank you for having me. It's been amazing. And I think number two, I think we all need to be respectful of each other, understand um, that it's a tough time, but it's a time that the whole world needs to come together as one. And yeah, be safe, be clean and uh, stay connected. I think that's the most important thing. Yes, stay connected. I love that to end it on that. Um, And honestly, thank you, Hayden. The pleasure was all mine. It was a blast (laughs) chatting. Um, I want to make sure people know where they can find you. Um, So your podcast, let's give a little shout out to that about the roving mic. Tell us about that. Yeah. So the roving mic, basically, it's sort of, as the title suggests, it's me with a microphone out and about in the world and around the world. Um, when we could do those sorts of things. Um, so yeah, meeting cool people in amazing places and talking about their story. So it's, uh, it's a great little series. Hopefully I get back onto doing some more of that. But like I said, the, uh, the TV show sort of filled things up of late, but um, yeah, have a listen people. Okay, amazing. So they can find the roving mic on iTunes, for example. Yeah, it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, um, Stitcher, all your regular podcasts. Everywhere you can find a podcast. Exactly, that's where you'll get it. Perfect. That's where you'll get it. Um, And season two of Taste of Australia comes out July 25th? That's it. Season two, Taste of Australia, 25th of July, uh, airing here initially in Australia. So anyone listening from Australia, it'll be on Channel 10, Saturday, 25th of July, um, or you can catch it on 10Play, which is the online platform. Maybe if you're international, you could throw a VPN on there and pretend like you're in Australia and watch it online. I don't know. But um, (laughs) we're working on our international distribution. And um, like you said, hopefully with the lack of content in the world, we can sell it to uh, the US and other countries around the world. Let's hope so. And for people that are listening in Sydney and mainly, um, do you have vacancies available at your gym, the Cube for oh, membership? Of course, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, if you're on uh, on the northern beaches, come visit us, the Cube Gym. We're right in Brookvale, so yeah, we have an incredible community of people who um, love to stay fit and healthy. And yeah, it's not too serious. It's just a great cruisy atmosphere with amazing coaches and uh, yeah, a whole lot of fun. Plenty of kettlebells. <laughs> <laughs> love it and by the way for people that aren't by where you are in australia but maybe they're at home with their own kettlebells can they take your yeah, classes online they can they can take our um our the cube gym at home workouts you just need to head over to thecubegym.com.au and um there's a tab there for the cube gym at home and you can join us in the gym you can watch on your laptop you can watch on your phone your tablet whatever it is and they're yeah they're full sessions um kettlebell orientated for the most part but we have meditation yoga pilates stretching uh, motivational speakers all sorts of stuff on there which is pretty cool brilliant amazing and is there anywhere else where people could or should find you these days hayden 
Uh, I guess Instagram's the classic. So it's at Hayden underscore Quinn or over on uh, Facebook, just search my name and I'll pop up. Fabulous. We'll put links to all this stuff too. Um, awesome. It was so amazing having you. Thank you so much, Hayden. No, thank you. It's been incredible. And uh, I can't wait to see it all come together and continue uh, watching more of the episodes. Yeah, you and me both. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, recording is... Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the One World, Your Story podcast. If you enjoyed hearing this story and you wish to hear more, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and YouTube. And of course, follow us on Instagram at One World, Your Story. From all of us here at the One World, Your Story podcast, we are sending you so much joy and love. Have a wonderful rest of your day.